welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched The Rough-Faced Girl, which is an episode of the Raven Tales TV show made in 2008. And we're going to go ahead and call this the CGI Algonquin Cinderella because it is, it's very CGI. Oh, it's and so it's CGI. it's an adaptation of a Native American version of Cinderella called the Rough-Faced Girl. Yep. The CGI in this is uh, rough. So. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, character there were... models were really not great they looking. Were, they were upsetting on a bunch of different fronts. And I don't know about you, but I had I experienced several pop scares in this movie that were not intended. Oh, I thought you were asking the audience. <laughs> no, sorry, I you specifically, Talon. Specifically, on the sorry. Yeah, I'm here. I'm focused. Okay. Yeah. No, Did... I didn't experience any jump scares. Okay, I had like three, at least. Wow, you had a very different experience than I did. I did. This was not scary. This was in no way scary. This is a 24-minute 3D CGI terrible animated children's thing. In terms of being a Cinderella from a different culture and a genuinely different take on Cinderella, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought the story was really good. Yeah, I really liked the story. I don't have a lot of other nice things to say. I liked a lot of things about it. Okay, we had different experiences. <laughs> so, Talon, set the scene for us. What, what happened to you and me just in the last half hour? So the introduction to this episode is like the series introduction, and it didn't make any sense to me. And a lot of characters flashed really, really quickly, and I didn't like it. Oh, yeah. But then the episode begins, and we see an island. And the captions tell us that a frog is narrating this. Um, and she says, with the end of winter comes the warmth of spring and there are contests of skill of all kinds. And it kind of shows us this tree that has a target on it. And then it pans to a boy shooting a bow and arrow at it. And he hits the target in the center. So here's the thing, when you say boy, our listeners are going to conjure up the image of a human child. Yes. Do you want to try again? Well, the animation looked really lumpy. And he just kind of looks like he has like a slabby, like everything looks slabby. This is an adult in a child's body. This, this looks like somebody with dwarfism. Which is fine. It's just that it's being presented as a child. And it's terrifying. Also, I missed the bit in the subtitles where it said that a frog was narrating. So I just assumed <laughs> that we were getting just a, you know, a narrator that is narrating. And so when the frog showed up, I was really caught off guard because I missed that critical subtitle. I was expecting the frog. I, I was, was not. I was well warned in advance. I missed it. So there are four children there. There are four beings there are four humanoids in this scene. Yes. There are two that are meant to be human boys, one of whom is Gaston and the other whom is LeFou. There is a girl 
and there is a green alien with three little tufts of hair on its head green green hair sorry like like the it nose on one of those like green blobfish it doesn't it look like, like hair yeah it looks like it looks appendages like the nose. of some kind yeah it looks like the nose on a blobfish just or like has, squidward's nose they, they're just yes. kind of blobby things on the head and um, it has a, a upside down red crescent on its forehead that looks like it looks like a ballast it looks like a, a Klingon weapon. I've been on Star Trek Facebook too much. Um, <laughs> it, it looks like he's got a ballot just upside down in red on his head. It's really funny. So they don't explain why he's green or who he is. And I thought he was either an alien or a forest spirit of some kind. Or like a figment a hu- of someone's he's imagination. Green. Yeah. But they never explain it we understand that there's a previous episode that does explain his origin. Uh, tune in to the after party to Where find out. that <laughs> in depth. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this after party. It's not relevant to the main story, so we're going to skip past it. So yeah, there's a green alien, but don't worry about it, y'all. It's fine. It, it's never relevant to the story. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> And the story is the framing device, so it's not even the main story. So honestly, don't even think about it. Just just ignore it. Don't look at it. It's fine. It's fine. It's not there if you don't look at it. So the girl wants to shoot as well. And the main boy, does he get a name? They all have names. I don't know their names. They were not said in the episode. The girl... None of them are said. The girl's name is Za. DZA, ja? yes, yeah. But we we only know that because there were subtitles, and the boys never get named even in the subtitles. So I'm just gonna go ahead and call them Gaston and LeFou because that's what they are. One of them is taller and older, and the other one is younger and shorter, and just goes yeah to everything that the taller one says. Yeah. So Ja wants to play with a bow and arrow, but. The boys make fun of her and say that she can't do it and she's just a girl and girls can't do anything and says oh you can't even shoot it you'd have to put your dolly down and the little green alien turns to the girl and says i'll hold wooden head for you and <laughs> yeah. wooden head is her eight bit wooden doll that's just his design was so intricate and so Ooh. beautiful it was the most well animated thing in the entire show. Oh, the alien? No, wooden head. The, oh, wooden the doll. Head. Yeah. I was caught off guard by how 8 bit it looked. I was expecting Mario to show up and bonk somebody on the head. The designs were all very angular and it had like two faces on it with like a lot of teeth in like a very rectangular mouth. It was incredible. I would like one. Wow, we had such different experiences. (laughs) So the larger boy mocks her and says, you probably wouldn't even be able to hit the target. So Ja takes the bow and arrow and shoots and does indeed hit the target. Not the center of the target like the boy did, but she's well within the target. Oh yeah, she's definitely hit the target. And so he makes fun of her and says, you know, it doesn't matter. It was probably just luck. And she goes, it's not luck, it was skill. And he goes... He just does mean boy stuff where he goes, well, you're, 
you're too weak and she goes i'll show you too weak and runs at him uh very slowly he has a long time to watch her run towards him and decide to do nothing she tackles him to the ground and begins to choke him to death well she sits on him i mean she's got him in a she's got him in a chokehold yes she puts him in like a headlock it's kind of great it's it was a good moment and uh his little friend responds with like oh she beat you which shows that he's just the hype man who loves to mock and is not like particularly loyal to anybody and i love that kind of like just opportunism Mm -hmm. so our larger boy child says well by the way the the voice acting in this if you told me that it was all done by a very good robot i would believe you it was oddly stilted it was extremely stilted with very odd phrases so our older boy child is clearly meant to deliver a line thusly well you're you're ugly and ugly girls go out to live in the forest with zunaqua but what he says is well you're ugly and ugly girls end up in the forest with zunaqua and it's just it's it sounds like a robot the diction was odd i'm willing to just chalk it up to cultural differences it was just it wasn't great so we're going to be delivering lines um like humans do that's not the experience that we had we're giving you a better we're upgrading your experience dear listener (laughs) as we strive to in all things (laughs) we do find out that the green alien thing is named clindux at this point yes this won't matter but it's in both of our notes i assume does make it into your notes yes (laughs) okay this is not relevant, but I was like, it has a name. It has a name. We can look it up. What is Glindux? So Ja is very sad, and she walks over to the stream, and we get a reflection of her in water, and man, uh, this was the first pop scare of the movie when very, very badly rendered CGI attempts to do a reflection of itself in moving water that is also badly rendered. It was, it was alarming. I think we both jumped. I didn't jump, but I definitely went like, oh, okay. <laughs> we, we both made vocal exclamations of surprise and alarm. It was scary. <laughs> but then there's a frog. It's a very big frog. It is an adult human-sized frog sitting in a kind of human way on a rock like it's not squatting with the front legs between the hind legs it's sort of reclining on its butt this is a semi-successful declining cougar at a bar (laughs) that is the sound of this frog this frog is a divorcee that is hunting or possibly someone who is going to become a disney villain in about two weeks it was a very like rich voice yeah it was very um it it was uncomfortably sultry later it turns into Gollum, uh and i hated it even more then so yeah divorcee barfly frog voice made me unhappy so the frog goes do you really think you're ugly 
And then I have in all caps in my notes, frog, because it was very big. (laughs) And the girl, can you say her name again for me? So it never gets pronounced. I know it's spelled D-Z-A. D-Z-A. I assume that's pronounced Ja. Ja. That's what I assume it's pronounced. If we're wrong, please write to us at cinderellapodcast at gmail.com and tell us that we're pronouncing it incorrectly. We'd love to learn. I mean, we could also watch the first episode. We don't love to learn that much. It's less than that. It's a lot, but it's less than that. Oh, boy. So Ja goes, I don't know, maybe. And the frog tells her, oh, I know of another girl much like you. And starts telling her the story of Cinderella, basically. Mm -hmm. So the story starts with a girl who didn't think she'd ever become anybody of any importance. And she lived far from here in a village with her poor father and two older sisters. And in this one, there is no stepmother and there are no stepsisters. They are just two older sisters and they just suck. Um, Not for any reason. No, they just do. So we don't get a name for this girl until later, but she's later called the rough-faced girl. Mm -hmm. Or rather, she's just called rough-face. So the physical depiction of our Cinderella is, of course, the same as Ja, our heroine from the framing device. I think they have slightly different hairstyles. Come on. Very slightly different bangs. These girls are wearing licorice on their head. The the hair is alarming. I appreciated the effort. I thought it was nice that they tried to make them look a little different. Instead of just okay. They are identical. You have face blindness. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's why I was looking. (laughs) That's why I was looking at the details. Just trying to orient myself. Okay, so one of them, their bang is more to the left, and one of them, their bang is more sort of even, but their face bits are identical. Oh, yeah, no, it was the same face. Jesus Christ. So anyway, rough face's job. I hate calling her that. That makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, but that's that's her name. She never gets another game. We can call her Cinderella. Rough face's job. We can call her Cinderella. Let's call her rough face since that's what she's called in the story. Okay, let's call her rough face, but we don't like it. Let's commit to this. All right, fine. So rough face's job is to keep the fire burning because her father is very sick and he needs to keep warm. (laughs) And because she's always at the fire, her hands and face became rough and her black hair became brittle and scorched. Yes. Yes. And the sisters never help. And they name her rough face. But the way this happens to us in our ears, the way we hear this is they go, rough face, rough face, rough face. You sound like a Pokemon. God damn, that's a rough face Pokemon now. What does it do? It throws glass shoes at you. Next at midnight. Oh God. No, I, I refuse. I will not go down this rabbit hole. I'm turning back. So, so we see rough face have one single tear go down her cheek, and outside of the story, Ja asks the frog, "Was she always sad?" 
And the frog goes, oh, indeed. <laughs> yes, because she believed her sisters. And so because she believed her sisters, she starts only going out at night and only to gather wood. And then it shows her doing so. And she walks past all these spooky trees because they're all barren and they don't have leaves yet. Mm -hmm. The frog tells us that uh, Roughface's father rewarded her with the only items he had that were of any value, which is a beautiful golden blanket and a string of lovely shells that she wears around her neck. Mm -hmm. And we see her picking up a stick and then she sees through the distance very spooky smoke. What she sees is gray paisley. Just gray paisley design floats up into the air. It's just big smoke and it's gray and it's far away and it surprises her enough that she drops the wood in her hands and the frog tells us then one night everything changed. So she follows this, this smoke to a massive wigwam. It is the biggest wigwam that she's ever seen and it's covered in paintings that seem almost alive. And we see, we see pictures of a bear that doesn't move. Yeah, none of the pictures move, but we're told they move. We're told I, they move, which is a weird thing to do in your own animated movie. Yeah. What I want to say is, my note for the scene is cool music. I thought the sound design in this was like very, very good. And I really enjoyed the like sort of magical something interesting is about to happen tingliness of the music the music ranged from well done children's show music to oh no I forgot I had a thing that was due in 20 minutes here you go it does get tense at some points it, I really enjoyed that I thought it was very like atmospheric there's a wide, there's a wide range so <laughs> we we are told by our divorcee frog that that Ruffface walks up to the wigwam and sees, quote, a beautiful bird standing guard. My notes go, um, if you say so. There's, there's a terrifying bluebird. It is it's, roughly it's, the size of Ruffface. Yeah, it's the size of a human child, uh, you know, a, a six-year-old. It looks like it's wearing teal sunglasses and a polo shirt. I want to be clear that it's not actually wearing clothes, but the design on its feathers and its coloration it looks like it would fit in with the evil thirsty boys from our uh, <laughs> Sixth Street Cinderella. Just teal sunglasses, popped collar, polo thing on the on the chest. It's just it's a bird. It's not wearing clothes, but it's bright blue. We find out later that this is a raven, which aren't if you blue. Say so they tell us it's a raven. Yes. Ravens aren't blue, although they do have like a blue sheen in the right kind of light. But still, I feel like we could have made this bird black with blue highlights rather than blue with teal highlights. And that would have. I mean, considering this is this bird is like four feet tall and has a giant like beak and also talks. I'm fine with it being a blue raven. I think that's neat. That's fine. Um, okay. I love that every time this bird is referred to in the narration. Uh, he's referred to as a beautiful bird. Oh, it's great. It's, it's amazing. I would also like to have a descriptor before my name that everybody calls me by. I'm going to ponder what it should be. We're going to have that question in the after party. 
So Raphae sees this beautiful bird standing guard is what the narration tells us. In reality, this bird is just sleeping on the rock. So Raphae walks up to the bird and says, hello. And of course, this wakes the bird up and she apologizes and says, I saw your smoke. And as she is talking to this beautiful bird, she's kind of hunched over with her hair falling in front of her face. And the beautiful bird asks her, <laughs> why are you hiding your face? I have to, I have to, that's, that's his full name. Okay, the beautiful bird. All right, fine, I'll, I'll bear with you on this one. <laughs> so, and she says that she's hiding her face so that she doesn't scare him. She says, I'm sorry, I don't want to scare you. I'm very ugly. It is terrible to see. And he says, well, I'm not scared. Let me see. The bird has a pretty different accent than her, by the way. It's sort of the difference between Midwestern and big city Atlantic. It just sounds, it's different. Their accents do not mesh. Anyways, sorry, continue. <laughs> That's okay. And so the beautiful bird goes, ah, I see. <laughs> well, as I said, I'm not scared. And Buffy's goes, you're very brave. Oh, God. And he <gasps> tells her, you know, it's not a big deal. Nothing is that scary when your brother is the great spirit. Okay, I have to jump in for a second. A, when the bird says, I'm not that scared, we get exactly three notes of music and then a womp womp kind of sound. And the bird says that his brother is the great spirit, but the captions say that his brother is the great spit. Oh no! <laughs> the captions are pretty pretty off. There's just a couple of letters will vanish, like laughing will become lefgl. <laughs> so it's fine. I can clearly read around that. It's just a captioning issue. But it did crack me up because I was like, his brother is the great spit? What the, what's the great spit? Is that a different god? Is that like a god made from the spit of another god? What is that? I thought I knew my Algonquin folklore, at least a little bit. Evidently, I don't. Oh, the great spirit? Okay, I'm fine now. And we sort of <laughs> zoom in on the bear that we're told, the, the painted bear on the wigwam that we're told moves, but doesn't move. Seraphase asks, why is he here? And the beautiful bird just shrugs and goes, he never tells me anything, but he's been a bit lonely lately. I'm guessing he's looking for a wife, you know, someone to keep him in line. I'm not going to do it forever. Incredible. Just incredible. Uh, horrifying. It's horrifying. <laughs> I hated it. Um, I love this pattern of the prince character needing a wife to just calm them down and keep them in line and like occupy them because they're too rowdy just needing a babysitter yeah i i like the concept but i also hate the concept i'm conflicted in this yeah in no it's things. terrible but i am enjoying the through line so Ruffface wisely queries well if he wants a wife why doesn't he just pick someone like after all he is the great spirit surely he could just pick someone Anybody but he wants. Anybody he wants. But nope, nope. We find out that only a woman who can catch sight of him can marry him, says the beautiful bird. I'm saying beautiful with great sarcasm. <laughs> and then 
Rufus goes, okay, well, goodbye, and leaves. And my notes are just all caps, why, with a zillion question marks. Why? Why? To be fair, the bird tells her, I'm getting a little tired. And she says goodnight, and then she walks away. So he did kind of end the conversation with her. But what is she supposed to do? Just burst into the wigwam? I, I, I don't know. Why is the great spirit limited by visual acuity? I just I thought I, it was kind of romantic. Someone that can perceive your true nature. Yeah, it would be if it wasn't a child. Okay, yes. Um, they never specify how old Rufface is, but she looks exactly like the child at the beginning, Ja. And I would put her at about eight. Yeah, this is an eight-year-old. This is potentially maybe as high as an eleven-year-old. Maybe. This is an eight-year-old. She looks very young. I don't know what to do with that. But there you go. Because her older sisters also look very young. They're not adult older sisters. No. And it could be a quirk of the animation. We don't really see any adult women. The closest we get is the frog. But we see a lot of adult men, and they certainly look different from the boys. Oh, no. I hate to uh, correct you. We see adult women in the terrifying fever dream opening sequence okay yes i blanked out most of that adult women are shaped like adult women proportionally they look like grown-ups this is a child in that her head is roughly a quarter of the size of her body just children have different proportions where their head is bigger and their bodies are smaller because they're tiny because they're not done growing yet adults are like different this is a child this is very clearly a child the show has animated her as a child it animates adult women differently this is a child yep so we cut back to our framing device where ja goes well then what happened and then we cut back to our story which i hate (laughs) i hate that yeah i'm not a fan of the framing device having to constantly remind us that there is a framing device like if you're gonna have a framing device it should be at the beginning and at the end. I don't need it interspersed. You can have that's it the point of a frame. You can have it interspersed, but only if you need to explain something weird that's happening that wouldn't make sense to fit into that scene. Right. Or if you need to cut forward in time, framing devices are great for that. <sighs> I didn't. I didn't like that part. Anyways. So she goes back to the village and she tells everyone about what she saw, and everyone just laughs at her. Um, but her two sisters believe her, but instead of, you know, supporting her or standing by her, they begin to plan mm-hmm. and they steal her gifts, the golden blanket and the shells that her father gave her, yeah. that her father gave her. Yep. And put them on themselves and tell her that the great spirit will find them much more pleasing on us. And they laugh. And then the narration tells us there was nothing she could do. Because she was afraid that if she went out into the light, people would laugh at her. And so she watched her sisters walk away through the village. And it was yeah. so sad. Well, so a couple of notes on this scene. One, the sisters are voiced by the boys from the beginning. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. If you're going to do that, have them be brothers. But then the whole wife thing winds up being weird. There's no reason that they couldn't have been girls. It was weird. They were trying to do two different things and they failed at both of them. But the physical, the actual quote 
from the frog is Roughface was, quote, too afraid to go out in the light. And my immediate response was, so she's a vampire? Does she become a vampire? Is this she's an Algonquin vampire? What? What's happening? So the sisters make it to the clearing where the wigwam is. And the bird looks at them, but doesn't smile. We didn't see it smile at rough face, but we're, we're told that it specifically didn't smile now. He greets them rather brusquely, and the sisters say, you're very rude. Yeah, you could be nicer. And... And then they go, anyways, we've come to marry the great spirit. Collectively, the two of us. <laughs> yup. Yup. And the bird goes, well, did you see him? And the sisters go... Yes, I saw him down by the lake hunting deer. We're good friends. And the bird says, oh, well, then you should be able to tell me what his bow was made of. But of course, they don't know because they couldn't see him, as the narration tells us emphatically. So the older sister guesses oak and the bird laughs uproariously and sends the sisters home. But they don't give up. They wait until the bird is asleep. The bird sleeps like it's dead. The bird sleeps like it's an ex-parrot. I expected someone from Monty Python to show up and grab it by the feet and try to return it to the store. This, this is an ex-parrot. <laughs> so the sisters sneak inside the Great Spirit's wigwam and we hear Ja say, oh no. <laughs> and the narration tells us they could hear the breathing of some great being, like the warm breath of a giant just in front of them. You can see the opening of the wigwam, but everything else is like this night sky. And it was very beautiful and very disorienting. It is and very cool. There was like a pulsing sound, almost like a heartbeat, which I thought was really cool. And then nice, we yeah. get this like really resonating voice saying, With the- <laughs> with the weirdest midwestern accent just the weirdest i went to the grocery store in columbus ohio accent just what I do you want pick up on that oh his accent is so grating i it 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 was the second jump scare for me <laughs> was what do you want so this like thunderous voice goes who disturbs my sleep <laughs> and they go, we're sisters from the village. We've come to marry the great spirit. And I think that goes right up there with, I wish to be your bride. I well, mean, I want to have your baby. Like, yeah, that's really like, that's really a lot for a first meeting. I feel like for an introductory line. Yeah, that's coming on pretty strong, especially. But for they are being very direct. Children. Yes. I wonder what their plan was. Were both of them going to marry him together? Or did they think he would pick one and then the other would just like leave? I think the Gaston sister was going to marry him. The sister is voiced by the same boy that voiced the large boy from the beginning. So when I say the Gaston sister, that's I'm, I'm being very literal. And I think that the other sister was going to be sort of a beneficiary in-law. Oh, okay. That, that's what just I think. Like a- and you live with us now. And, in 
yeah. yeah and you live with us now and we take care of you and you get to have a life of luxury you don't actually get to marry the most powerful being but you get a lot of the benefits i don't i i refuse to think that there is a sister wives concept going on with this i i refuse okay so <laughs> so after they say they've come to marry the great spirit the great spirit goes fine i wish to marry as well oh god which was phenomenal he's so blase about it he's like okay then fine fine whatever this cool man he says it in a very transactional sort of way like ah yes you will do a and i will do b and then together we will achieve our goal c yeah it's bizarre but i liked it so he asked them can you see me and they're like oh yeah we can see you well, he says, I'm going to ask you one question. Just answer me truthfully. Can you see me? Ah, uh, yes, that, that's important. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yes, of course we can see you. And he says... There is nothing but darkness and stars on the screen, by the way. So they're oh, yeah. definitely not seeing him. And neither they're, are we. They are lying. They can't see him. We can't see him. He goes, okay, if you can see me, then what am I holding? And the little sister goes... Uh, a gift for your new bride and the big sister goes a beautiful feather and the great spirit laughs pretty raucously at them yeah in fact he laughs so hard at them that the narration describes them as stung and they Mm -hmm. run away in anger and fear and they never come back to that place or the village they left behind and that's it and we never see them again we never see them again as they run away they drop the father's gifts. Oh, uh, yes. So like the golden blanket falls off and the string of shells falls off and they keep running. That and then important. we never see them again. <laughs> yes, thank you. That is important. I had forgotten that. So we cut from that to Roughface wakes up and literal quote, and somehow knew what she had to do. And so she wakes up and just sits up and goes, I'm going to go outside. My yeah. sisters took my uh, stuff, my blanket and my shells father do you have something else for me to wear she's wearing clothes right now by the way guys she's wearing a triangle with sleeves it's sort of blue. it's a dress she's wearing a dress she's wearing a triangle it's a triangle so the father it's meant goes to evoke a dress i agree with you it is meant to be a dress so she asks her father if he has anything else to her and he says i only have these old moccasins and these moth-eaten old fur she says that's fine and he goes where are you going and she goes oh i'm going to marry the great spirit and her father goes okay have fun then (laughs) literal quote okay have fun then i i love it i just have fun storming the castle have fun storming the castle so she leaves in her moth-eaten rags and old moccasins and everyone laughs at her but she literally cannot hear them now and she walks through the forest and we see trees turn green and flowers bloom in her presence and she suddenly knows now that she is seeing the great spirit in the beauty that is all around her and she goes back to the wigwam and the bird very upsettingly goes it's good to see you, little one. Child, why are you here? And she's like, oh, I'm here to marry your brother. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. Child, 
so the beautiful bird asks then you can see my brother and she goes yes i can i see him in all things all around me and the beautiful bird goes of course and then you must know what his bow is made of and she thinks for a little bit and she goes it is the curve of a rainbow of course and the bird smiles at her and says i believe these are yours and hands her the blanket and the shells that the sisters dropped because he had picked them up and saved them for her <laughs> and there's happy music and she puts them on and as she puts them on the roughness of her skin falls away and her hair grows long again is what the narration tells us but her hair stays exactly the same length it well, just looks less frizzy so it moves of its own volition her 3d uh dreadlock twizzler hair just attacks her violently and then becomes smooth and does not have brown smudges on it any longer but yeah again does not become any longer Tal and I were both very upset about this yeah I didn't love that no <laughs> I even asked to clarify because I thought I misheard nope what happened to the hair but no nope. the narration tells us it grew long again but it it did not. They could have literally just replaced the word long with smooth or healthy. Yeah. Oh, but we didn't. never really talked about what her face looks like. It looks like an 8-bit slab. It looks like something from Mario Kart. It's not well defined. Oh, sorry. Probably have I meant in terms of like with the animation style, she does okay. not look ugly. She just looks a little messy on her face. It's like a little redder and it has some like dirt smudges. smudged on it she yeah. does not look ugly no nothing hair, has happened to her face no nothing at all her hair is also um when it is quote-unquote ugly it is disheveled uh it does not have a shine to it and there are brown highlights indicating dirt and roughness rather than white highlights indicating shininess it's, yes we cannot express to you how bad the cgi is on this it, it's terrible yeah and and like as someone who liked this i just it's not good yeah the the third jump scare by the way is at one point we cut back to the framing device and a fish jumps out of the water and that was oh the, i made note of that that surprised me oh that scared me just a fish jumps out of the water and it looks like it's just died for a second and then it goes back into the water the cgi in this is truly it is not the worst i've ever seen because I watched something called Howard Lovecraft in the Kingdom of Madness. <laughs> but uh, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. So. I mean, it was also made in 2008. It is, to clarify, bad for 2008. But I do want to say that in its defense. Okay, fine. It gets two points back out of 100. No, it's still, no. <laughs> I thought I'd all. try. So anyway, the beautiful bird says, go on now, he's waiting for you. And she goes into the wigwam. And again, we see the opening of the door inside this black sky with stars everywhere and like all the whooshy noises. And we hear the resonant voice again go, who disturbs my sleep? And she goes, it's just me, rough face. It is I, Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> A diamond in the rough. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to watch Aladdin. Anyway, so 
<laughs> the great spirit says, ah, my beautiful bird speaks well of you. He wishes me to marry you. Answer and do not lie. Can you see me? And she says, yes, I see you. And he asks, what is it I hold in my hands? And we actually see this outline in like faint blue in the night sky of a giant open hand. And she looks at it. So by the this way, is what she's seeing. So gi giant, by the way, meaning that the palm, excluding the fingers, is as large as the child. Yes. It is Just very large in the sky. Yeah. And it's outlined in blue. And yeah, what am I holding? And she looks at his hand and she goes, well, you're holding the stars. And then Chernabog from the night on Bald Mountain shows up evidently as the great spirit okay. he's got yellow eyes he's blue he's outlined in blue let me have this he's outlined in blue he's blue all over he's got glowing yellow eyes and a glowing burning yellow mouth and he's massive this is chernabog this is a night on bald mountain this is terrifying i was terrified I think he's beautiful. He's so So scary. you can still see like the night sky through the middle of him. He's kind of outlined in blue. So he looks like very otherly, like otherworldly. He's ripped. He's got really good musculature. Yes. And he has like a very lovely shaped face and like long hair that looks like it's either braided or in dreads. He looks very cool. The beautiful bird like alights on his shoulder and that's how big he is, that the child-sized bird can sit on his shoulder. Yeah. He's also naked. He's not, we don't see him wearing any clothes. No, but because he's got that whole night sky thing happening, it's totally fine. Yeah. So he's very excited to marry this child. Yeah. <laughs> and asks her if she's ready to go, I don't know, somewhere. And she says, no, I want to take you somewhere. And she takes him back to the village. At which point, we cut back to the village. You <laughs> <and laughs> see, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <sighs> we see the two of them walking side by side. And now everyone can see him. He is visible to the regular human eye now. Why? Because I don't care. He is taller than the trees. She's walking next to him. She reaches his ankle bone. I was going to say she's roughly, like, knee height. No, she's literally as high as his ankle bone. He's very big. He's so tall. In um, The Lord of the Rings, the Falls of Raros, the big statues, he's not quite that big compared to humans. He's very big, but he's, he's... not, like, so big that we can't comprehend him. Think about if you have like a, a Yorkie or a Chihuahua next to a Great Dane or something. Yeah. It's it's like that size differential. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible to see. I just I love it. So she comes back to the village and the villagers basically say, Oh, great spirit, you know, what are you doing? I don't have most of these. We're things. honored to see you and your beautiful bird. <laughs> So she goes to get her father okay. and everyone in the village is confused because they don't recognize her. They're like, They're like who is she? I've never seen her before. 
the great spirit kind of laughs at them and goes, no, I guess you have never truly seen her, but you do know her. That was my then, favorite moment in the whole thing. BT dubs. That that moment. He's such a good boyfriend. He's such a good boyfriend. <laughs> Setting aside the fact that he's dating an eight-year-old. And, yeah. And so the villagers go, oh my goodness, because they see her leave rough faces tent with rough faces father and they say oh my goodness you know are you is this rough face how can this be and they beg her to stay they say please stay you've brought great beauty to this place because the the trees are i don't know green now spring has come and everything's beautiful and there's flowers everywhere she says no the beauty's always been here my gift to you on my wedding day, I'm eight. My gift to you on my wedding day is to be able to see the beauty that's all around you. And then they walk into the forest and become invisible. No, no, you forgot my favorite line. Oh, so God. then the father goes, so you're the boy marrying my daughter. Oh God, I missed that. And the great spirit goes, that is my wish. And the father goes, well then, isn't that something? And then they disappear from sight. They just walk into the distance and fade out. Yeah. And we are left with no processing time whatsoever. We cut back <laughs> to our framing device where Ja says, is that true, Frog? And the frog goes, yes. <laughs> and Ja goes, was she beautiful? And Ja goes, yes. Would you like to see her? And then literally turns into Gollum and leads her like Frodo to the gates of Mordor up this weird rocky thing. The frog starts hopping away in a very frog-like fashion, which is disturbing after seeing her sitting kind of person-like and talking to us. It's very So it's like very animalistic and I didn't like it. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, so she comes to this rocky outcropping and she just hops up the rocks out of sight. Well, and Ja runs past the kids from before, from the archery competition, and mm-hmm. the alien. And they say, where are you going as she runs past? And she goes, to see the wife of the great spirit, and just continues running. And the kids respond appropriately with like, uh, wait, I want to come too. <laughs> <laughs> and the two boys and the alien child follow them. And they get to a very steep rocky place and the frog hops up and jaw drops her eight-bit wooden mario doll and climbs the rocks and the boys sort of hesitate and the alien hesitates and they follow her and the frog sits on an overlook and says there she is and points to a cloud the cloud takes a really long time to very disturbingly turn into our main girl's face. Kind of. Vaguely. Kind of. and Like, if you say so. If you say so. And I, I can get what you're going for. I'm, I'm willing to follow you on this one. And Ja goes, she looks like me. And the frog goes, yes. And Ja goes, she's beautiful. And the frog goes, yes. Do you still think you're ugly? And Ja goes, no, they're just silly boys. What do they know about anything? 
And then we get a zoom out cut of all of the humanoid beings and this weird anthropomorphic golem divorcee frog staring at a cloud that looks like sort of a human face. And then we're blessedly done. Ah, well, we see right after she says, boys, what do they know about anything? It pants to the boys with the alien guy, Clundux. And and the taller of the boys kind of plucks on Clundux's head appendage thing. And it goes boing. And then it pans back to all of them. And I hated having to see that. And when you asked me what what my low was, it was that moment. I missed that whole thing. I don't regret it. But we are now done with our Algonquin CGI Cinderella. So. Yeah. (laughs) Highs and lows then, I guess, since we're finished with this story. Okay. Well, my high was my high was that she could really see him. Mm-hmm. That she was able to perceive him and they had that connection and it wasn't just the great spirit marrying the most beautiful girl in the village or mm-hmm. whatever, that she had something like very special about her and who she was as a person and that's what drew him to her. I really really like that. So that's my high. Agree. Yeah. Uh, my low was the boing thing where I didn't <laughs> like him touching the head appendage. I thought it was weird. It drew attention to the green alien child, which, which I found confusing. Yeah. So I just I didn't like it. That's that's super fair. What about you? Highs and lows. Highs is definitely the. Yeah, I guess you never really did see her. I, I love that moment. <laughs> I thought that was a really great line, a really great concept, just really excellent. I loved it. Low, I guess. Um, I didn't like the ending. Oh, really? Yeah. The boys, what did they know? Oh, I thought you meant the ending of the Cinderella. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like that either. But the ending of our actual story of Ja being like, "Boys are stupid. What did they know?" Like that's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story is, you create your own beauty. You find your own worth. The opinions of others don't matter. It's not that they're stupid. It's that their opinion is not relevant to your sense of self. Yeah, like Roughface holds her head high when she walks through the village, and she like people are laughing at her. And she just doesn't hear them. She, she doesn't literally care. doesn't hear them. Yeah, she sees the beauty in the world around her, and that's and her her gift to them is being able is giving them the the ability to see the beauty in the world around them, which I sort of got the sense was always there, but they just failed to notice because they're stupid. So Quite I didn't possibly. like the I didn't like the childish mm, boys are dumb aspect. Like right. I didn't like that. It felt very modern. It felt very kitschy. I didn't I didn't like it. Yeah, the framing device in this was really jarring compared to the story within it. I would much rather watch the story. Yeah, where Roughface was so much more interesting and more likable than like her counterpart, Ja. Yeah, didn't like Ja. 
so what would you change about this movie I would give them a better budget for better CGI if I could just wave a magic wand and make anything happen I would just make the animation better or you know what if I can't change their budget then I wish they'd gone with like a picture book illustration kind of thing where they do a voiceover and they pan on still images I would have preferred that so uh, I hate to tell you this, uh, that exists on YouTube. We could have watched that. It's about 10 minutes long. The illustrations for this book, which was written in 1998, are gorgeous. They're beautiful illustrations. And uh, Rough Face's hands are in bandages and her face has like little burn marks and stuff from the embers of the fire. So the illustrations are lush and rich and beautiful and colorful and evocative and gorgeous. and I deeply regret watching this instead of just the voiceover of somebody reading that to me and focusing on stills. I didn't realize that there was one of this exact version. I want to watch that. You did not send me that link. I didn't. If we're putting the concept of we're fine with watching somebody read a a voiceover, just read aloud a picture book story with pictures on the screen, if we're including that in art, this counts as the movie. I'm totally fine with adding to our list, which will now be well over 300. How about you? What would you change about this movie? I'd make her not eight years old. Yeah, the, the thing would be much better if the CGI budget was bigger or if it was just better illustrated in literally any way at all. But uh, critically, she shouldn't be eight years old. She should be at least pubescent. <laughs> I hated it. Yeah, I wonder if that's something that came from the original story or if that's something that just happened in this TV show because the character that they already had in Ja was the parallel that they chose, you know? I think that the original illustrations, which there is a book, a rough-faced girl book that was published in 1998 and it has gorgeous illustrations. We're going to do it later. But she doesn't look like a child. She looks like a young woman. and would be reasonable for a young woman to marry at 15 or 16 that's fine I don't have a problem with that I have a problem with eight-year-olds getting married yeah no I completely agree you're totally right yeah so I would just make her older I just don't want her to be a child so okay do you think our listeners should watch this (laughs) yeah I think our listeners should check this out actually this is a really different version from all the other ones we've reviewed if you're curious about Algonquin folktales, then check it out. So I'm going to go with no, but go watch the YouTube version of the book being read aloud to the pictures, which we're going to do, you know, at another time. We're going to do that one later. The CGI on this one is terrible, and the voice acting is terrible. And there are a lot of things about it that are. There are a lot of things about it that are frustrating. I don't recommend that you watch this. Also, it's pretty much only available if you rent it through Hoopla. And <laughs> my library on a wasn't... DVD from your local library. <laughs> Which I yes. know for a fact. <laughs> it, was, it was strangely difficult to find and get a hold of. Whereas the YouTube one is just on YouTube. So uh, don't watch this one. Definitely read the book or watch the YouTube version of somebody else reading the book to you. I will say I thought that there were enough like 
weird, quirky, funny moments, especially in the dialogue, to hold your attention, that I think most people who watch it would get a kick out of it. Okay, if you say so. That's my well, opinion. All right, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. Will you ever be watching this again? No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, me neither. Absolutely not. This was not Although, horrible, but it was both not weird enough and not engaging enough to be worth watching again. Although I am intrigued enough by the framing device that I may watch the first episode where they explain it and quite possibly the episode that explains where the alien came from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why there's an alien as a character. Yes. Just because I'm kind of fascinated. So probably not, but maybe. Yeah, this is a hard pass for me. This is this is a one and done for me. I'm 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 out. I'm done. <laughs> so I guess this is time for final grades. What are you giving this version of the Cinderella as a grade? I'm giving it a B plus. Wow, okay. I found the experience very enjoyable, other than the really, really bad CGI and the kind of questionable voice acting. It was like a really fun story and I enjoyed it. And I thought overall the character design was like fine and it was really good for the great spirit. Okay. <laughs> you look stunned. I am stunned. I, I knew you were going to give this a higher grade than me, but I am still a little bit stunned. I'm um, almost I'm, afraid to ask. I'm giving this a C. Oh, okay. This was, this was a fascinating Cinderella. I love this as a story. I love this as a different cultural experience. I happen to know that they screwed up the story. Like there, there are beautiful versions of this and there are better illustrations and there are better, literally if they had just shown us the pictures that are illustrated in the book, it would have been better quote unquote animation. Mm -hmm. So all the minus points are, I don't like it when children get married. And you did really, really, really badly with all of the technical aspects of this. It just extra badly. You went out of your way to be bad about this. I didn't like it. You had pop scares with just looking at people. Um, it is the animation quality of a really bad 3D knockoff of like a Pixar movie that is banking on people confusing it for the Pixar movie oh, and buying yeah. it for like $5. Yeah, it was terrible. So it's losing basically all of its points on production quality and voice acting and character design, et cetera, et cetera. And there's an alien. But as yeah. far as the story itself goes, the story itself was enjoyable. I did not have a terrible time watching this. At no point did I want to stab my eyes out. So yeah, I give this a solid C. This was a fascinating different view into a different Cinderella. Well, it's almost midnight. So thanks for joining us. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at Cinderpod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. <laughs> we will be discussing the green alien baby. Oh, we sure will. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. So Liv, what are we watching next time? Next week, we're going back to our Cinderella story saga. 
we're watching Cinderella Story if the shoe fits that was made in 2016 I don't have any idea how to feel about this so I'm not going to make any predictions because hated the first two really enjoyed the last one I have no expectations about this but it is 93 minutes long so we're gonna we're gonna experience that I have slightly higher expectations than usual just because it's called if the shoe fits which implies that there is a shoe and they understand that Cinderella stories need a shoe a shoe yeah I I don't know if that inspires confidence in me or not yet it's a low Mm. bar but I'm I'm hopeful Mm, okay well we'll see we'll see what happens Okay, well, until then, we hope you have a happily ever after.